Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Rob Caggiano from Anthrax, and you're listening to Signal to Noise. Turn it up immediately. Yo, what's up? This is Frank Bello from Anthrax, and you are listening to Signal to Noise. Hey, this is Ted from Death Angel, and you're listening to Signal to Noise. Hey, gearheads, this is Scott Thompson from the Focus on Metal podcast, and when I'm not making or listening to metal, I'm listening to everything about gear with Aaron on Signal to Noise. All right. Welcome back, guys. This is episode uh, nine of the Signal to Noise podcast. I am your host, Aaron. Uh, SignalToNoise.fm. You can find me all over Facebook and Twitter. And today we have a treat for you. We have Scott Thompson of the Focus on Metal podcast as our guest host. How are you doing, Scott? Hey, Aaron. How are we doing tonight? Good, man. Thanks for coming on today. I appreciate it. No problem. All it's right. always talking gear. Exactly. You can't keep me away. So, um, as a lot of you guys probably know, Scott and I are both part of the Cast Iron Ring, castironring.com. we got a lot of podcasts out there, and we'd like to welcome a new podcast, the Mars Attacks Radio Podcast. Uh, they've just joined us recently. Victor's got a new episode up, so check that out. And um, also, I think my last episode, I talked about Radioactive Metal Turning 200. So here's my homage to um, Snowy and Rock. I am drinking a beer right now in... My Fender Electrical Music, or was it Electric Instrument Company mug, musical instruments Fender. It's my Fender pint glass. What can I say? I probably shouldn't drink when I'm doing these things. Probably a bad idea. But anyway. All right. So Scott is here with me tonight. So we're going to talk about Nam and some of the things that we liked about Nam. So Scott, you want to kick it off? What was one of your favorite things? Um, favorite new pieces of gear at Nam? Uh, well. My biggest excitement thing at NAM was also ends up kind of being a little bit my biggest disappointment for a different reason. Okay. And it was the the Marshall one watt fiftieth anniversary amps. Okay. Which, you know, as soon as I saw those, I could just see how they would fit into my studio of just being able to to get a couple of key flavors of Marshall amps, you know, as hardware, something I could pump through the four by twelve, put some air behind it, and I was like, Oh, these are gonna be great. And then I saw the price tag, and that's so it was. There was the good thing, but then the bad thing was the fact that they're running at about seven hundred and fifty bucks a piece street. Holy cow! When you think you can go out and get a Marshall Class Five for about three fifty for like for the fifteen watt, and you're going to pay seven fifty for for one of these one watt heads. So that was there was my disappointment, and even the combo that they do is like i think it's 799 street for the condo so uh, the combo so i was like ah oh, i can't believe this here's you know blew my whole vision of what i wanted to maybe help out with the studio and have that all those different flavors of marshalls oh yeah so what are they doing special about this one well this is their 50th anniversary year yeah. so see i sound like a marshall salesman now right that's all right and, wait, wait are we talking about fender <laughs> and uh oh well yeah you get me started on that one too but um, so basically what they did is they put out a whole series of these one watt heads that commemorate different eras of the Marshall experience. So they have go all the way back to the, you know, they've got a little, they're going to have a little plexi one. They'll obviously have a JCM 800 one. There's, you know, and they're going to release them throughout the year and they're only going to be made in 2012. So right now I think they only have the first model has come out. And like I said, they're going to release them at interval throughout the year. And that's just going to be part of their 50th anniversary celebration. They're also going to make them in a little one-watt combo amp as well. But the heads are what really got me excited. And, uh, you know, each one will have, like I said, will have that kind of flavor. The first ones are really like the basic Marshall heads. And then as they go down into like the JCM 800 and so forth, there's little features that they've added on to them as well 
uh, to do like different voicings and things like that for some of the newer ones. But yeah, just like I said, cool little thing that they did just, um, you know, because I was thinking the other thing they introduced was the the uh, hand-wired blues breaker amp as part of their anniversary celebration yeah. too. And I thought, oh, that's going to be way out of my price range. But these are really cool. And then I looked and I was oh, I can't believe that they're that expensive. These are gorgeous. I'm checking these out right now. These are really nice. Aren't they nice? Oh, my goodness, yeah. <clears throat> so you can see you, your mind starts going about, wow, I could just, I could plug that right in. I could run that, you know, into a DI right in the board. I could just, you know, oh, just all these things start going through your head about instant flavors of stuff to do. And yeah, just they're they're a great concept. Just like I said, they're just kind of really pricey. Oh yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's I mean, especially because one watt. Even if it was five watt, I think I'd be a, I'd be better about the price than that. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. Because I mean, there's a lot of this. You know, as you know, you know, the whole idea of the low wattage amps and recording has really come back in vogue in the last three to four years. And, oh yeah. You know, and slowly you've been seeing these things come from the you know it started with the 18 waters and now they're coming down lower and lower and people are really getting into them so it's not like you know a one watt is unusual i mean you look at some of the stuff from fender right yeah fender had you know has got the the little hand wired champs and stuff that they do that are uh, super low wattage and again great sound low watts for recording so it's not like these are you know an anomaly so they shouldn't they really shouldn't have that premium price like that yeah, I, I would think a couple, couple hundred bucks less street. Yeah. Maybe even half that. I, oh, these look nice, though. I'm checking these out on the website now. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I honestly did not know that this was the 50th year of Marshall till just the other day. Yeah. I'm disappointed about, about my, myself about that one. Yeah, there. It's like I said, yeah, I mean, cool stuff, you know. That is awesome. All right, so keeping with the amp theme then. Um, Mine, and I guess these are kind of two of mine because they're coming from the same company, but um, Fender. I think you know I'm a Fender guy. I absolutely love Fender. And Fender, for the last probably two or three years, has really been rocking my world with the new things that keep kicking out. Yeah. But so um, the Greta Pawn Shop amp, if you if you saw that one, that was their little tube, tube amp. Mm -hmm. looks like oh, a, yeah. It looks yeah. like the like a radio. It's got the radio dial on it. Yeah, they have the two little, the two little Pawn Shop amps they yep. did. Yeah, they're awesome. And the Excalibur. Yep. Did you have you seen the um, have you seen the the YouTube ad for the Excalibur? I have not. Oh, you got to see the YouTube video. I have to find the link and send it to you because um, it, it's it, the amp has it has what it's it's a guitar line in a microphone input like like written out like like the old the old crappy amps I remember seeing when I was a kid in the eighties that were like from the fifties and sixties that just looked like they were gonna fall apart because they were just dust holding them together. Yep. And it had the same kind of inputs. It has like guitar, mic, and then accordion. Right, exactly. And, yeah. Well the original offenders did have accordion. Yeah. yeah. And and so and it was great because like they, they I guess they, they borrowed a guy's music shop and they shot this commercial there. So they had all these guys come in, they're like, Hey, what do you got for this? And the guy's just the guy behind the um the counter keeps saying, Excalibur, Excalibur. And he's an older guy. He's kind of got some gray hair, and I could kind of get a Stan Lee vibe. And I mean, me being the comic geek that I am, I was just waiting for an Excelsior. You know, Excelsior. That's what I wanted to hear. But uh, it was—it's a really, really cool, cool ad, and just the amp sounds amazing. I was really impressed. Like especially they—they—they they, they ran a. Um, they had a harmonica player going through a short green bullet right into the amp with a little bit of drive on it, and wow, did that sound nice! Wow. 
I was yeah, really I, I, I saw a, I saw a demo of those two, and they sounded pretty cool. And and uh, it seemed to focus more on the on the other amp than it did on the uh, Excalibur, though. So, but they were, and it was, you know, I kind of like that one. It's it's kind of this thing that's the other one. It look would look good like in your living room. You could just kind of have it sitting there, yep. ready if you want to poke around on it. And you know, your wife's not going get the amp out of the living room. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm I'm kicking around the Greta. Like, yeah. if, if it was a little more. A little more wattage, I think. Mm-hmm. I think I pick it up because I could probably play out with it. But um, it just—it looks cool. It sounds great from the videos. From the videos I've seen, you know. Yeah, so that's definitely one of my picks. See, I thought when you were talking the Fender, I thought you were going to talk about either the Mustang or the Machete. Oh, you know what? The the Machete I've seen. It, yeah. It it didn't do that much for me. I mean, like I mean, it's definitely cool, and I, I like it. But um, it it didn't it didn't grab me as much as these two pawn shop shop amps did, just because they are so different. They are very you different, know? yeah. Because I mean, the Machete's kind of kind of still going along the lines of what they've been doing with the Mustang amps and and all the other stuff. Like it's it's sweet though. Um, but but you know it's funny like the because what what's the the anniversary guitar is the um, is is it the Jaguar this year or the Mustang? It is the Jaguar. Okay. Yeah. Because I I saw that too. And, and I've never been a big Jaguar fan. Like I keep trying. Yeah. I keep trying to pick those up. If I could find one with a maple fingerboard, I bet you I'd like it. Yeah, I think I think what it is is the. Um, I know that the, uh, a guy that used to live down the street from me here used to always have this debate about about Strats or, or Mustangs. He had had a competition Mustang when he was a teenager, okay. so he was still in that Mustang thing, and we used to always have this debate about that. But it's, I think to me, it's it's the switches. In just, yeah, I, I'm used to you know on a Les Paul or on a Strat or pretty much any of my other guitars. Like, there's no switches in the way. Yeah, but those ones tend to have switches where I just don't expect them. And that was kind of the thing too. Like, um, you know, years ago I'd had this uh, one of my backup bases was this Bellwood bass, and it just had switches that were in the wrong spots. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the reasons that it it, it had a good you know had nice nice maple fingerboard like a P bass. It kind of had the same heft and feel, but just the other parts of it just used to always screw me up and i think those ones why i never really got into those as well was just the switching layout just just didn't work for me as far as getting in the way of strumming and stuff yeah i know exactly what you're talking about i can't remember what guitar it was there's a guitar i picked up at one point where i swear whoever designed it didn't play guitar and never ever played this instrument yeah because you're just like every every time i I strum i'm running into stuff i'm tripping over like things on the guitar itself like there shouldn't be anything in my line of 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 motion you know right yeah it's crazy stuff yeah i mean that's that's absolutely the thing you know that's one of the things you know when you know when i'm building guitars that's always part of it i come at it as a player so it's you know how do i want this to work and how how do i want this to feel and balance and you know can i can I still can I palm the bridge and put my pinky over and do a volume swell? Is you know can I still reach that or yeah. but not in the way and that kind of stuff? So yeah. See, and that's why I like the um, the pawn shop series guitars that they introduced. Yeah. Um, I love the fifty one. It's ugly as all get out, and I keep I keep debating over. What, like, I really want to get one. <clears throat> I can't I can't decide over the butterscotch or the black, but I love a maple fingerboard because I like that bite. I like that mm-hmm. extra high end. It's got a humbucker in the bridge, which is also what I like, and the bridge is fixed. I really don't right. like moving parts of my guitars. I've been a bass player since I was thirteen. You know, too many moving parts. I'm out of there. You know. Yeah. <laughs> my, well, they um, do have that new. Um, I don't know who makes it. It's it's um, that little. It, you put it into uh, the cavity, and it basically will 
um, kind of hold the, that tremolo on a strat. Yeah, I think the tremolo into, no. Is that what you're thinking about? The tremolo no? That might be what it is. That one, there, there's a couple different. Is it the one that's like the long bar that you can kind of turn on and off? No, no. This one's different. It's it's You don't have to actually turn it off or anything, but it basically will hold that tremolo stable uh, the whole time while you are, uh, if you want to, if like I tend to do a lot of string bends and stuff, yeah. and it will make sure that that tremolo never moves while you're doing that. But when you actually hit the bar, then it releases while you while you hit the bar. And when you let it go, it locks back again. Huh. Okay, I'm definitely have to look into that because um, yeah. I've got a I've got a Floyd or licensed Floyd on my on my uh, Dimebag Washburn, and mm-hmm. I'm getting better. I'm getting better at it, but um, it is definitely it's definitely touch and go for me. Like I can I can definitely toss that sucker out of tune pretty quick. Yeah, I I think that's just kind of especially a licensed Floyd's will really do. That. I'm not like you know full disclosure. I'm not a real big Floyd guy. Um, I've always preferred Kalers over Floyd's. It's just been kind of fits my style better, but. Um, I just yeah, I've just never really been into those, and, and and I know that when I was on any of my licensed Floyds, always tend to have that same thing. If they just just don't want to stay in like a, like a lot of the other trims, you know how you'd expect them to. Yeah, well, I'll tell you the best licensed Floyd I think I've ever seen was the um, was what Ibanez was putting out with like the Edge and the Low Pro Edge. Yeah, I love I absolutely love those, and that actually brings me to my next. Um, pick from uh, from Nam, and that's the 20th anniversary RG series or 25th anniversary RG series from Ibanez. Yeah, I I know um, uh, a couple of kids that I work with that they're they're really really big RG fans, mostly because of the wizard neck. That's really oh, what they those, love. It's the, the neck's awesome. Neck. Um, and uh, so that was kind of neat to see those, and also the fact they put them out again in those kind of really 80s day glow colors was kind of cool too. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Buddy of mine has an RG um, blue. No, what is it? Laser blue is the color. Maple fingerboard, unfinished fingerboard. Mm. And um, oh, let's see, he would probably got it right around eighty nine or ninety. Still has the guitar, and I just I love that guitar. It's it it sounds great. It's a workhorse, and that's what I loved about the RG series. Is you could get that was probably one of the first real guitars that stood out for me in my mind, where you could drop five hundred bucks. And get a guitar that's going to last you and really, really work. You know? Yeah. You know, without you know, you could you could get a guitar that you you weren't breaking the bank, but you weren't compromising tone and playability. I mean, the necks on those suckers were great. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, they they were really really nice necks, um, and uh, like you said, they do they do hold up. And there's quite a lot of them that are kicking around out there still. So absolutely, you know, I know for me, one of my necks is also you know straight up guitar and, and I was really psyched to see the uh, Gibson finally released legendary modern you know although not in Karina they, they, but still does they actually have them finally do that I think that was pretty cool I know you know years back they had made one for uh, and Epiphone had had one and I was like oh maybe I'll just pick up the Epi version and I had tried it out when Mars Music was still around and I was thinking about getting it and uh you know, I was like, oh, let me think about it. And I went back and they were totally sold out. And I was like, God damn it, I did it again. Huh. Uh, so it was kind of neat to see those out, you know. And I'm, 
I'm hemming and hawing about maybe, you know, if I'll pick one up or not. But the uh, thing is, the fact that it's not the Karina kind of, it's going to give it a different tone than the original would have had. So uh, so why did they not go with the Karina? Was there any speculation on that or? Uh, I, I don't know why at all. It, it could be, you know, something to do with, you know, all the wood certification they have to do now. And maybe, That's what I was wondering. You know, so it, it could be that, uh, you know, it just could be that uh, with the, uh, Maybe the tooling changes that were needed to work on it with, you know, Carina instead of mahogany, or they just wanted it to match the rest of the line because they're really not doing anything else, you know, in the mahogany. I mean, in the in the Carina or even, uh, you know, any of their other explorers and stuff that are those lines really are, are all coming out with, you know, the mahogany and, and not the Carina. So yeah. I think the only thing they're probably still doing that for is uh, I think they have like one anniversary model or something that 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 uses that and that's about it so so i don't know i mean i do have a um i do have a 76 explorer that's that's in mahogany that has a really solid kind of everyone loves the tone on it. so no nah, i don't know maybe maybe i'll do it mahogany is a nice sound of wood i got um i have a schecter that's got a mahogany mahogany body and a flame maple top okay and it's 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 amazing like how much sustain you got on that thing and so it's um is it like a thick top is it it's, it's like a carved uh, carved out top like it's, oh, so it's got a pretty decent amount of, amount of maple on there then yeah 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 it's it's um it, it's funny like it looks like like i, I joke i joke that they're trying to combine a strat and the les paul because it's got a lot of like the the gibson type features where you have like the a, a seamless neck joint almost a neck through you know definitely a set neck yeah, it does a string through body strings, and then um, the 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 top's all carved out. Like instead of being a flat top, like you're you know like I'm used to, it's it's all carved out. It's got a lot of flame maple, and like the knobs are even recessed a little bit into the body. Oh, so kind of like a PRS. Yeah, yeah, I guess even like that a little bit. Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah, it's a nice guitar, it really is. I'm thinking of getting rid of it because I really want that Fender Pawn Shop. <laughs> I've realized I don't like rosewood fingerboards yeah i've got you know primarily for my strats i like to have the um the maple i've got uh, i've only got one that has a rosewood and that's um that's one from like 83 84 back when um they actually didn't have a factory in the u.s yeah. so they were only making them in japan oh, yeah so i have one of those um and that one has a maple fingerboard and basically that was because you know, I, I went in and I saw this thing. It had barely been used, and the price was—I just couldn't pass it up. And so I just like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll I'll grab that one. So it was kind of my backup guitar for for a long time. That's the only Strat that I've got that's got the the uh, you know a rosewood. Otherwise, my other my other four all have maple boards, and I I really like the maple board on a Strat. I yeah, I do too. Just on, on the fenders in general, I really like it. Um, both my, my, my kids, my kids' guitars. I got Nicholas, I got him a Strat, maple fingerboard, and Anastasia, a Tele with a maple fingerboard. Turn, yep. turn out they'll get older and tell me they like rosewood, but <laughs> nah, at that I point, just, they can buy their own. There you go. That'll be good. All right, man, so what's another one of your picks? Uh, another one of mine was the, uh, and although it's not really a player thing, but I just thought the technology and everything behind it was pretty cool, and that's the... Uh, the Mackie DL1608, which is the, uh, it's that new mixer that's based on the iPad. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. You sent me that link. Holy cow, does that look awesome. Yeah. And there's another similar one, actually, from Line 6. And Line, Skip ha- line 6 has the Stagescape M20D, which, uh, although it doesn't have the iPad in it, but you can use the iPad to actually work with it remotely, as, as opposed to the Mackie one, which you can, you know, you actually have the Mackie as a surface and you can walk around the venue um, and actually do stuff. And it's funny because the interface on the two of them kind of looks very similar what you're seeing on the screens yeah so yeah i assume check the other one out and you'll go wow it kind of does look like the mackie one the um the stagecape one had a neat feature too which was that you could do a quick sample of uh like a guitar chunking chord or something and then be able to loop that and play that back through and then walk around remotely with your ipad and be able to set up your uh, your sound in the venue so you don't have to have someone sitting on stage strumming or you don't have to some have someone banging a kick or whatever it just does all these loops and you can remotely walk around and see how everything sounds everywhere so i thought that was pretty you know a neat way to be able to set that up as opposed to you know just someone just pounding on a kick and you're hoping that it sounds good everywhere else that you're not so uh those that one there i just thought that was really a neat thing and, and the whole idea of Wow, I never thought of that. Using the iPad as the mixing board, and your front of house guy could, like, walk anywhere and see how it sounds. I thought that was just fantastic. See, that's blowing my mind. And I mean, and and this is where, it, it, like, like I ha- I have this debate with, with with you know some of the other people I know at work about like tablets and what you can do with them. And uh, some people are like, oh, you know, it's just a fad. It's just a toy. I'm like, no, no, no. There's a lot more going on. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I'm gonna gonna guess here that you probably get the Sweetwater catalog like I do, right? Oh yes, I was I was actually on Sweetwater this morning, and I was lured into almost buying two things today. I was like, oh, I can't I can't do this. Weird. I was there too. Crazy. Were right? you? I know. I, I can't believe I didn't see you there. But uh, <laughs> but so like the new Sweetwater catalog, seven pages are dedicated to iPad, iPhone um, peripherals. Yeah. You know, and that actually comes into one of my picks. Um, not not an iPad, but the, with the iPhone, the um, iStomp, the Digitech put out. Oh, that thing! Th- that thing is awesome. I mean, the whole idea, right? First of all, you get two pedals right yeah. off the bat. Who's yeah. going to offer you that, right? Two pedals, and then the third pedal, ninety nine cents. Yeah, you really can't beat that. And the, I mean, the, the funny thing is, we figure. Most most pedals, most decent sounding pedals are probably going to cost you 100 to 150 bucks anyway. Absolutely. So this is 150 bucks street, I believe. When I, I think when I looked it up, it was 150 bucks street. So you can now buy other pedals through the apps. Yep. Which and I I really like what Digitech is doing, and it took them to to make me go out and look again. And you know, and you and I talked about the revolver thing, but here's what I really like. A lot of the pedals that's in there, Digitech's not trying to copy other people. They're copying themselves. They're yep. reissuing old Digitech pedals. Yep, absolutely. And the other ones that are from other people are cool. They've got like one of my favorite all-time pedals is I have a vintage Electroharmonics small stone. Had it for years. The one with the single, button, single knob and the color switch. And that's the model they offer for the iStomp. Because there's, you know, now they make that one that's just the knob, no color switch. And yeah. like I said, I've got the old vintage one. I love that pedal. And uh, and I was psyched. Like, oh, my God, they've actually got it there. And just, you know, and then you look and you see, oh, wow, there's that old Digitech delay that, that I had. And, and just, yeah, just 
the amount of pedals that are there and what they're offering is really awesome. And just the whole idea behind it is just a really great idea too. And the audition thing, you know, be able to check out that pedal in your rig for five minutes yeah. is, is great. Yeah, it's, they're really doing, doing some neat stuff here. And I mean, to, to be able to power it, change it all with your iOS device, you know, I mean, that, that, that says, says a lot for technology.